Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What is up, Waffle Gang? I do hope you are well. My name is Mark, and today we're checking out some r slash am I the butthole. If you'd like to skip the initial waffle, timestamps are in the description and along the timeline below. But if you are new here, please consider hitting that like, that subscribe, and maybe that notification bell too, as it all massively helps out our channel. And with that being said, we're going to jump straight in to today's stories. Much love, guys. Now, our first story does come with an update after it, and it's from Light Side Dark Side. Am I the asshole for being a stay-at-home parent and going back to school? My wife has an incredible work ethic. Neither of us is college-educated, but managed to be professionally successful the majority of our adult lives. My wife has worked since she was 15 and really defines herself by the work she accomplishes. She worked right up until she gave birth, even though she really didn't need to. We have been planning for her being at home and my job had amazing insurance, so the hospital bills were manageable. After our daughter was born, my wife went back to work after about two and a half months. She was going crazy being at home with a baby all the time. I was working from home full time. My job was very demanding and I had a lot of clients. I was unavailable from eight until six every day. This was hard for my wife. I was technically home but really needed to focus on my job so it wasn't much help. I instead took on dinners and laundry and cleaning and whenever the kiddo woke up at night, I was the one that got up to let my wife sleep. We were both incredibly sleep deprived. That's just how it goes with newborns. When my wife went back to work, we couldn't afford childcare and my wife essentially said, you're home, you're on deck. I went from working 50 hours a week to working 50 hours a week while taking care of my daughter full time. My work suffered, my relationship with my clients suffered, my marriage suffered, and I was getting up at nights because my wife would just sleep through our daughter crying. The company I worked for was sold a year later. I found work here and there and they let me be home with our baby during the day but I know I couldn't work full time from home again and take care of the baby. My wife suggested I stay home. She got a new job with insurance for her and our daughter but my insurance went away. I was stuck. My wife wasn't going to change her job plans and made it clear she wasn't up to being the stay at home parent. We couldn't afford childcare, couldn't afford insurance for me, couldn't let me find work that would help pay for that stuff. It's been about a year and other than the occasional seasonal gig, I've been the stay-at-home parent. My wife constantly uses this against me when I ask her for things. You don't bring in the money, you don't understand the stress of being the sole provider. This really hurts. She didn't really give me a choice, but makes me feel awful for being home and won't combine our finances so I can help budget. I'm going back to school in September. I arranged everything to make it possible, but my wife has been telling me what a terrible idea it is. My parents are paying for it and provided childcare two days a week. My father has a degenerative disease and won't be able to babysit in a few years. I'll also be able to get some health insurance. Other than asking my wife to watch our daughter two weekdays instead of one, I've made sure she won't have to do anything else. 
She's literally just moving one of her days off, but she's making me feel horribly selfish. Am I the asshole? And there is a mini edit which we'll cover after some of the comments, but TWFM says not the asshole, but your wife kind of sounds like she is. And 3Fluffy says, not the arsehole. You both have a right to make decisions based on your own needs as well as the kids. And if full-time stay-at-home isn't working for you, your wife has no business treating you like an indentured servant. There was another post today where the husband was trying to volunteer his wife into homeschooling the kids when she fervently didn't want to. That wasn't okay either. I suggest marriage counseling so you and your wife can relearn the fact that marriage is an equal partnership regardless who brings in the most money and everyone's mental health needs should be considered and accommodated reasonably. And Rini420 says, not the asshole, parenting is a two-person job and staying at home and working or being a full-time parent is just as stressful and valid. People would be up in arms if it was the other way around and you were the one working full-time and your wife had no health insurance. And I love Faye says, not the arsehole, and frankly, your wife sounds controlling and abusive, essentially forcing you to stay at home and then guilting you when you try and get an education. She has an obligation to take care of your kid too. Asking her to take care of her own kid for a couple of days a week isn't a big ask. You're asking her to be a parent, which is what she should have been doing all along. And just peeping at you says, not the arsehole. This sounds borderline financially abusive on your wife's part. Why not outright controlling of your finances? She has done a lot to control your future earning potential. While a stay-at-home parent should do most of the parenting normally, she sounds like she has done nothing. You have childcare lined up and your parents are paying. The only reason she wouldn't want you to go is because of control. And we'll have one more from Angel's Attitude saying, not the arsehole. Now I'm assuming you're male and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to give you the exact same advice as I give a female anyway. Run. Your wife is financially abusing you. She got a job with a raise, which means you can't work, but you can't afford childcare. I'm assuming not knowing where you're based, that would cost $800 a month and you can't afford insurance for yourself. If you were working full-time after tax, that would leave you about $400 ahead of where you are now, based on New York. That should allow you enough to be added to your wife's insurance, but that's not what your wife wants. She complains when you buy stuff yourself. Okay, money is tight, I get that, but she's not combining finances to allow you to A, know your family's true financial position and B, budget to improve it. Right now, your parents are willing to assist with childcare and pay for you to get an education to help you improve your lives. Your wife direct wants this because she would actually have to help out with her child. Now, unless she has postpartum depression or anxiety, always a possibility, she needs to help out. If she has either of those things, she needs medical treatment. You need to take the opportunity to educate and improve yourself. Once you get medical coverage, book into a counselor and talk with an independent third party. Also, right now you can call 3 Domestic and Family Violence Line and ask to speak with one of their counselors. Again, financial abuse is abuse. So before we go on to the update, we'll cover the edit which said, I never really thought of my wife's behavior as abusive, but that seems to be the general consensus so far. I've never even considered that financial abuse might be a thing. I'm not sure what to do. Right now I'm leaning towards trying to make my wife aware of what she's doing and how it's affecting me. Reading your comments has been a little therapeutic. A lot of this stuff feels like things I've known in my head but have really been afraid to acknowledge. If my wife refuses to address these issues with me, I'm genuinely afraid of what that means for my family. Thank you to everyone who's responded up to now. I've been doing a lot of uncomfortable reflecting and have more to do, I'm sure. But this was helpful. So now we move on to the update. A lot of people in my previous post brought up financial abuse, not a concept I was familiar with. 
It was incredibly difficult for me to accept that my wife was being manipulative and controlling in that way. I had this notion in my head that any kind of abuse had to be intentionally malicious and that being kind and accepting and loving meant taking the good with the bad and not judging when someone is unkind to me. In the case of my wife, I really thought that since I understood her behavior was coming from how she grew up, that I had to learn how to deal with how she acted towards me. It was my problem to solve. I went back to school despite my wife's disapproval and also found a job that has given me a scholarship for school. I'm going into engineering. Never thought I'd love math this much, but I really do. Thought getting a job and having tuition covers might stop my wife from being upset about school, but oh boy, I was wrong. My wife is still not supportive. I just finished up my first year of classes literally yesterday. 4.0 baby, and I'm on cloud nine. The entire year, all I've heard from her is how little I help around the house, that my job should pay me more, that she can't be expected to do everything, that it's going to take too long to get my degree. Endless. I will always love my wife, but I realize we're not good together. With the help of my therapist, I've been learning to say what I want and to set reasonable boundaries and expectations, especially with money. I want to be able to co-parent our daughter together, but I'm also very aware that my wife isn't likely to split with me amicably. It's a tough position to be in for me. All in all, my life is on a positive path. I'm grateful for the insight everyone here provided. I'm sad about my marriage, but since I made the decision to separate, I felt so much relief. I'm working to not feel guilty about that. I was raised to believe that divorce meant failure. Sometimes relationships just don't work out. Trying to keep something going when it's just over, a surefire way to be unhappy. I'm glad I got the perspective to see that now. I don't want to make it sound like I'm perfect and my wife is this raging bee. The first few years of our marriage, I was battling undiagnosed bipolar disorder and was a miserable shit. I'm stable, medicated, in therapy and really enjoying my life right now. That was another one of the reasons I put up with a lot of the negative treatment. I felt like I deserved it. Anyway, love being a student, love my job, love my kiddo. Thanks again. And edit, just to add a few things. Thank you all again for the love, the positivity and the encouragement I've received here is incredible. I've had to make a lot of hard choices and haven't heard much in the way of good job. I needed that. Two, a lot of people expressed their concern over potential custody battles. My brother is a lawyer and got me in touch with someone who understands family law, so I've been preparing for any legal fights. I'm still hopeful my wife and I can figure out a plan that works for all three of us, but for my daughter's sake, I need to cover my bases. Three, my wife is not the devil. She has issues that she's refused to address, and that's made our marriage hard on both of us. As someone in the comments said, you have to deal with your own issues before you can help anyone else. My wife is overwhelmed by her issues and does what she feels will make her safe. And while I understand it, it's not my problem to solve. Couldn't solve it for if I tried, and I've tried. Four, to the people who said we should never had a child together. You're probably right, but I'd never regret that my daughter came into the world. Best person ever, hands down. Five, if you or someone you love is struggling with mental health issues, don't wait, address it now. Do whatever it takes to find the help you need. It will only get harder to deal with it if you wait. And absolutely 10 times that, never wait on mental health issues, act as soon as possible, been there myself. But what do you guys think of this one? I think that's a really positive update. As, as OP said, it's a great shame about their marriage, but there's not much they can do until wife is willing to help herself. He's moved on, he's doing great things, positive things with his life. Fantastic, what do you think? Let me know in the comments below and we'll move on to the next story. 
and our next story does have an update as well with it and it's from ham eggs toast am i the arsehole for not giving two group mates access to a work document I have a group project in which my group has four members, including myself. To make things easier, I will name them A, B, C, and myself. We have a research proposal and a video due in three weeks' time, and an interim... Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Admission for both of those things due to day night. Group members A and B have consistently not turned up for class, which is where most of the group discussions take place. Group member C and I have been doing all the research work this far since the groups were formed one and a half months ago, mid-April. C and I have tried setting up online meetings for our group to work together and get things done, but A and B either don't reply at all or reply very last minute. This has resulted in A not attending any meetings and B only attending one meeting. We have also outright told them that they need to help out because the workload is heavy and C and I can't finish everything ourselves. In the one meeting that B attended, she left halfway saying that she got a call to attend and was absent for half the meeting. C and I have been very frustrated and have tried to talk to our lecturer about it, but there is not much to be done as he can't reshuffle the groups nor split our group up at this point. As the interim submission is due tonight, we have to submit the research proposal and script for video production, and A and B were still not responding to messages, nor added anything to the shared research document. C and I decided to just do everything ourselves in a separate document. Here's where I feel I might be the arsehole. The interim submission is individual, so to say everyone submits their own version of whatever the group has done as a whole, so A, B, C and I will have the same content submission. However, since C and I did not invite them to the new document in which we did all our additional research in, they do not have access to any of the research content we did and will have nothing to submit. Additionally, I know A has some personal issues that she is going through and is also not doing well in school, which is why I feel bad that A will not have anything to submit. Am I the asshole? Nah, I can't say you're the arsehole in this one simply because, you know, they didn't contribute to it and sure, A may be going through some personal stuff, but... And this sounds harsh, but it's not your problem. If they if they had big issues, they should have spoke to their lecturer about it first. And that's the way I just see this one. But a duck named Phil says, not the arsehole, I have an academic concessions due to my mental health issues. I only have to take a course load. I get private spaces to work and access to all kinds of resources to aid my ADHD. If A is doing poorly because of her life is falling apart, she needs to go to whatever your version of student counselor is. When I'm losing it, they help me navigate and form a solution. I appreciate your concern and desire to cut it some slack, but relying on other people to cut you slack is not a good way to get through academia or anything for that matter. She needs to go tell the institution she needs help to learn how to cope with things. 
And Sora28 says, not the arsehole. Do not let anyone take credit for your work. Regardless of their home situation, you are not responsible for that. And MindNinja757 says, not the arsehole. Would you want to work with someone who passed their degree without knowing the content? Exactly. School isn't intended to be easy work. It's required for success. And now we're going to move straight over to the update to see what that says. So update. Hi, I thought I would make an update after the lecturer replied and met up with me and groupmate C. So I had some bad news and some slightly better news. Groupmate A dropped out of the school as she felt she couldn't cope with the workload and the stress at home made everything even worse. It meant we were down to three members and B was honestly absent for everything and wasn't contributing. Our lecturer contacted C and I and he told us that he would be speaking to B privately without disclosing that we brought up the issue to him as B had not handed in anything for the interim submission. The lecturer also said that he would be transferring a member of another group that had five members to our team to make up for A who dropped out. Personally, I feel really bad for that person as they've had to change group members and the entire project idea, but there's nothing else to be done as the lecturer already decided. C and I also emailed our lecturer with the proof, or lack of, for B's contribution as he might need to use it if the situation escalates. So yeah, that's all for the update. Thank you all the kind people who responded with the suggestions to the situation. And it really just sounds like that was the best possible situation that could come out of it, that the lecturer's on your side and trying to deal with it and talk to people to get people on side. I feel sorry for that other person that has to move to their team, like OP said, having to change a project mid-project must be incredibly jarring, but I guess it is what it is. And we move on to another story. And seeing as we're doing stories with updates, I just found another one because I thought, why not? Let's just turn this into an update video. <laughs> this one's from Zoom1601. Am I the arsehole for asking for my money back? I, 18 female, planned almost a month and a half ago a birthday party for my friend, a liar. May have got the name wrong. 18 female, false names. We decided with five of my friends and a liar's friend to buy a big gift together. I was the one who brought almost everything, including the gift which was about $140. Now each one of them is supposed to give back the money. I trust my five friends to give back the money soon enough, but I don't personally know the sister, 17 female. We're gonna call her Emma. It's also important to know that this money is a big chunk of my spending money. I'm still 18, I don't have a job, and that money is almost everything I have left for my summer and back to school spendings. So I really need the money soon, especially since school is almost done and I won't be seeing them as often. Again, I already said I'm not worried about my friends, but I don't trust Emma. Honestly, her and her sister are kind of toxic. At least that's how I'm starting to perceive it. And I don't want to get into it with them. I already asked for the money once to Emma and she just agreed quickly, but never got back to me. Then I went to talk to her sister, a liar, and asked her if Emma had class the next day so she can give back the money. Again, she didn't even come to me. After that, I found out a liar talked to her boyfriend about the whole story and her boyfriend started mocking me for being persistent. I think I might be the asshole because I'm being very persistent and maybe I'm not giving Emma a chance to prove herself to me. I already have an image of her in my mind and I'm getting worried about it more than it should. Plus, Elias boyfriend has clearly told me I'm being an asshole by asking again and again for such a small sum of money. Anyways, I don't know if I'm being the annoying one here and if I should just give her more space. The thing is, I really don't trust Emma and I suspect she would be the kind of person to push it away until I give up. How do I assert myself without being an asshole and at the same time getting what's rightfully mine? 
So am I wrong in saying in the very first line it says it was a month and a half ago. So these people still haven't paid you back a month and a half ago and they think you're being persistent with this. Hell no. They are just blowing you off to eventually get to the point where they go, oh, I can't remember borrowing that money. Don't bow to that shit. Keep being persistent. But I think you might learn a, a valuable lesson not to lend money out like that. I know it's a hard one, especially with friends or people that you consider friends. But sometimes, not all the time, it brings out the worst in people. You're definitely not the arsehole for it, but I think you're going to learn a lesson because I'm not sure if you're going to get that money back, unfortunately. But DJ2Supreme21 says, not the arsehole. You need new friends. Those two are fake and you're not wrong for being persistent. As far as you know, she could be avoiding to pay the debt she owes you. It's good you're being persistent because it shows that you're not going to allow yourself to be taken advantage of. I know this from experience. I've lent money to someone before and waited a full year for it. Don't make my mistake. And Feisty Concentrate 27 says not the arsehole one. You were the one who spent most of it on the other things and you need it back soon. Irrespective of that's your money, the only exception for this point is could be if the sister has some real urgent financial issues, which doesn't seem to be the case. Two, if I'm not wrong, you have only asked the sister twice according to your post, so that's not really being unnecessarily persistent. Three, it seems the image you have about her was pretty accurate, and do not get bothered by what her boyfriend has to say. It doesn't really matter. Info, just to put things more into perspective. When was the party? How many days has passed between then and now? P.S. If you reminded her once and then waited for her to return it a day after, you are not being persistent. You are being reasonable in my opinion. OP replies to saying the party was on the th- March 30th. I live in France, so just after that we were on lockdown for two weeks and didn't have class for a month. But now it's been three weeks since we went back to school and she's been able to see me. Plus, it wasn't just the boyfriend who said something to me. Even a liar said that money wasn't going to change a lot in my situation. And no, she doesn't have any financial issues. At the time I'm writing this message, they're both out shopping. And Good says, guarantee that if you put it off, when you eventually ask again, they will respond with some form of, but that was so long ago, and blow you off again. Honestly, mentally approach the situation as you're not getting this money back and reassess your friendships. And we have one more from Diskebin saying, not the arsehole. Find her in person and ask her directly if she's planning on paying you the money she owes you. Remind her that this is what she said she would do. Ask her why you have to chase her down for the money. These are just simple facts. You're not being insulting. There's no need to be worried about confrontation when you're simply pointing out facts and you are in the right. As far as your friend saying that you're being far too persistent about a small amount of money, that's just crap really. If it's such a small amount of money, then what's the issue with paying it back? Now we'll move to the update to see what it says. Please let OP get their money back. So, update. First of all, I would like to thank you all for the responses and for your help. I followed the advice of one of you who told me to wait until it was officially two months since the birthday, then ask her again for the money. So I asked her again for the money by text, and Emma was being extremely rude as soon as the conversation started. I managed to stay calm and only asked for the money, even when she was mocking and insulting me. During that conversation, I received a text message from a liar telling me I was being pathetic, asking again and again. That led to another conversation with her insulting me and being a bitch. I assume it's bitch. Anyway, I'm proud of myself because I managed to stay totally calm and never sank to their level of pettiness. After that, the two girls didn't give me the money until the last week of school. The reason why it took so long was because they were collecting enough cents to pay me back the full amount only in cents of ones, twos, fives or one dollars. My friends told me that through social media. Eli was making a whole spectacle of her brilliant idea and was mocking me. 
Anyways, I took the money and made sure not to react to her pettiness because all she was looking for was making me angry. I converted the cents to usable money. All of my friends cut her off, so she has basically only a boyfriend and sister now. I'm so glad this whole story is done now and I graduated so I won't have to see her again. I learned my lesson concerning money and fake friends. Once again, thank you for the encouragement and all the help. Well, I'm just impressed you actually did get your money back in the end. I thought there was no way you're going to get it. Even if it's in pennies or whatever, you just convert that back and you're the winner. (laughs) But at least you've learned a lesson as well at the same time and know who your true friends are and got rid of those toxic ones at the same time. Now, what do you guys think of this story? Let me know in the comments below and what you think on all of today's stories and do you like stories with updates, of course. Let me know what you're up to right now and I will see you in the next one. Take care, guys. Much love. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.